0: There was a, there's a lot of directions I could have went in my life uh, as far as music and singing. But God, there you go, God purposed for me to be right where I'm at today. And there's no greater place of satisfaction and fulfillment than being in the will of God. Amen. Being in the will of God. And um, this morning I want to preach for just a little bit here on a thought, the purpose of the oil. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to read this scripture and then we're going to pray and then we'll preach. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, Saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, The handmaid, thine handmaid, hath not anything in the house. Save or accept a pot of oil. Some people say, God's all I've got. I said, God's all you need. Everything you need is right there in front of you. Right there within you. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when you're come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed or it stopped then she came and told the man of God and said go and he said go rather sell the oil pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest I want to just preach for a little bit this morning a thought that God gave me on the purpose of the oil I really covet your prayer this morning that you would just pray that God would anoint me and use me Father, today as I come before you, Lord, I've, uh, you know that my heart, Lord, is just bursting inside because there's something you want to say today. And for whatever reason, Lord, you kind of took a different route in that first service. And Lord, you know, I just have to step back and just say, you know best, Lord. But I just ask you, Lord, right now that you would just let your anointing rest upon my head and upon my lips, Lord, and within my heart, and that it would flow, Lord, this morning, and the Spirit of God would move in this house, Lord. God, that you would have your perfect will and way. You know I've come, God, and I don't consider myself anything. I'm the least of my brethren. I'm the least, Lord, worthy. I'm the least, Lord, likely. I'm the least, Lord, qualified. But I come this morning, and I ask you, Lord, to take what I've got, what I am, Lord, and who I am here. And use me the best, Lord. And you, you, Lord, when you do you, you maximize it. I just ask you, Lord, and I want to say to you, Lord, that i come to glorify you. I've come to honor you. And I pray, Lord, that you will begin to minister to this crowd and touch every heart in life. And God will give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, um, Romans 8, 28 is a highly quoted scripture. We all quote it. We know it. And it says that we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. The CEV, which is the contemporary English version, which I don't normally quote from, but I I find it oftentimes uh, something that helps me. Uh, in the thought that I'm trying to make. And it says this in that verse, we know that God is always at work for the good of everyone that loves Him. They are the ones God has chosen for His purpose. It is not coincidence that uh, the Scripture uh, of Romans 8.28 is in the middle of the greatest chapter that teaches us the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. It's not coincidence that it's right there smack dab pretty much in the middle. But God has a purpose. And by design, there is a process to get to His purpose in you and I. And His purpose is to save you, to fill you, and to use you this morning. That's His purpose. Now, there's a lot of things that we can glean from this passage in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 here. And um, there's a lot we can glean, but one thing is, we always one thing that I, I one thing that I want to. Um to speak to you today, and one thing that God highlighted, the moment that I opened up this scripture, because I said, Lord, you've got to give me the points, you've got to give me the content, and you've got to help me to preach it where it flows, and and, and God's so faithful, amen, every time I ask him for that, you know, you have not because you ask not, that's not just financials. that's not just for, uh, to pay your rent, or to, to meet some need that you have, but when you need to talk to somebody, God will give you the words that you need to speak you have not because you ask not and when you ask God he'll begin to give it to you and so but one thing that we focus on in this particular passage here in the scripture is always on the crisis you look and you begin with the crisis and we focus on the death of the prophet's son because this is about a woman who was a widow whose husband uh, his father was a prophet underneath Elisha So there was a great lineage here. There was a great, you know, heritage here, if you will. But we focus on the death of the prophet's son. Or we focus on the creditors. Or we focus upon the threat that the creditors were making against the woman's sons. That if she doesn't pay the debt, that they're going to be taken as bondmen. But ladies and gentlemen, I've come today to tell you that crisis comes. And it comes to birth miracle breakthroughs. Amen. Crisis always comes to birth miracle breakthroughs. The things that you go through in your life, you need to count it all joy. Amen. Because God is working something in you. Amen. He's working something in you. And I love that song, I'm going to make it. Amen. Because He's already said that I would. Hallelujah. I'll keep on trusting that He's working everything for my good. He will walks beside me and heaven is in my view I'm gonna make it a man through I just praise the Lord because we always look at crises and we say oh it's an awful thing no God's got an opportunity to birth a miracle breakthrough in your life amen. hallelujah Moses had to die before Joshua could arise. He had to die, and he was just lost for words. And God said, Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You may feel like that the person that has been your greatest strength is taken from you, but you've got to know, Moses may be dead, but I can tell you, as God was with him, he will be with you. What is this all about here in this scripture? God is interested in a continuation of His covenant and His prophetic will did you hear me? All the connection, they're chain-linked together. That's why he said I was the God of Abraham, but I didn't stop with Abraham. I made a covenant with Abraham. And so in order for that covenant to continue on thousands and thousands of years down the road, because we know that God keeps covenant to a thousand generations, amen, we have to know this. that In order for that chain-link to continue on, there has to be another link there has to be another link. So he's not just the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He's the God of David. He's the God of Daniel. He's the God of the Apostle Paul. He's the God of Peter. He's the God of Jonathan Skiles. He's the God, amen, that continues on his covenant. It's the devil that wants to stop the movement of God, it's the devil that wants to break the covenant. And God is interested in a continuation of His covenant and prophetic will. Stay here because I'm preaching to some of you this morning. The prophet's son did not know the power of God for themselves. Did you hear me? The man who died who was the prophet's son, he wasn't even a prophet. Their grandfather was a prophet. These two boys that have a creditor breathing down their neck. Their grandfather was a prophet. And, and, And the Bible says that the prophets' sons did not know the power of God for themselves. How do you know that, Pastor? Because mama had to go and find out an answer for them. Oh, but you just preached last week about mamas. Yeah, this week I'm preaching about you that are not mamas. You need to find God for yourself because you can't ride mama's coattail into eternity. Thank God for praying grandmas. I had a praying grandma. I had a praying grandpa. I have a praying dad. I thank God for parents that pray. But church let me tell you something. We have to know God for ourselves. And the prophet's sons did not know the power of God for themselves. We are in a generation that does not know the power of God for themselves. Their dad was a son of the prophet that sat under Elisha. Their mother was a widow whose deceased husband's father was a prophet under Elisha. But we live in a generation full of the devil saying. Jesus I know Paul I know but who are you? are you hearing me today? amen don't get lost here stay here with me we live in a generation that has to know God for themselves because they've got a devil that's saying Jesus I know Paul I know I know your grandpa I know I've had a scrap or two with him but what about you? who are you? do you have something of God for this generation? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? The Bible says in Exodus 1.8 that there came a time and the passing of time where there was a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And because he knew not Joseph and the people of God for some reason forgot about their God, They found themselves in bondage. When you have, listen, when you have a generation that does not know God, they're going to be a generation that's bound. Are you hearing me? A generation that does not know God is a generation that has the propensity and the possibility to come under bondage. So Joseph passed. The Pharaohs that always respected him passed. But there came a season or a generation, not a season, but a generation where the Pharaoh did not know Joseph. He didn't respect Joseph. He had no fear of Israel or the God of Israel. And God had to remind him Because had the children of Israel stayed there, they'd have dissolved into the Egyptian culture and the covenant of God could have possibly went down the tank. But let me tell you, when God makes a covenant, He's going to do everything to keep it. You've got to know the light of Israel will not go out. That's why, no matter how many times the devil's tried to blot out the children of Israel or the nation of Israel, God always raises it back up. The devil thought, I'll get old Teresa off. And all the prayers that mom and dad prayed and people prayed all those years, I'll get her off, off on a buddy trail going and doing what's right in her own eyes but God said I'm a covenant keeping God and it may take a couple years but I'll bring her back where she's supposed to be you know what's amazing to me is that people get out and they get away from God and they always seem to come back where God started them at sometimes they try it again but they always seem to come back where God wanted them to be don't keep going around that mountain stay where God has put you and begin to flourish where you're at. Young people, we are praying that you have an awesome camp this year. We're praying and believing God to move in your camps. But let me say, there will come a day when crisis will hit your doorstep and it will demand that you be a participant in your own deliverance, your own freedom, and your own spiritual future. There's gonna come a time, Delia, when the kids are gonna to have to find God for themselves. Yeah. Problems come, and God is saying, What shall I do for you? God always turns us back to the faith that we have that we weren't maximizing or exercising. There have been people that have had a faith. They accepted Jesus. They prayed the sinner's prayer. And the blood was applied. And they backslid. But they never denied God. They just lived in a backslidden state. And they always had that in the back of their mind. I've got a faith that's up there on the shelf. They even said, I can tell you backsliders say, One day I'm coming back. One day I'm coming back. And you know what? If God's truly planted that seed down in you, you will come back. I've seen it a 100 times, 100% of the time. But what I'm trying to say to you is that there is this mentality that I have a faith that will get me into heaven and keep me out of hell. We call it fire insurance around here. That's how we label it and we brand it. But I want to say to you that this woman had an anointing oil. And it was oil that was used for diverse uses, perhaps even in your death and burial, like with Jesus when he was anointed with that oil. But you can't just have a faith to die by. You've got to have a faith to live by. You say, Pastor, that's exactly the opposite of what you always teach us. That if we have a faith to live by, we'll have a faith to die by. I said, yes. But there are some people that don't have that oil in their daily life. But they have in the back of their mind. i got a little pot of oil up there for when the time comes, when I'm going to take my last breath, and it's going to take care of me to carry me into eternity but let me share with you you have to have the oil for now you have to have the oil right now Amen. you can't wait till the bridegroom comes and say I need to get some oil you need to have the oil right now And if you're sitting here today and you said, well, I believe God, but I still want to live a a, a promiscuous life or a rebellious life or a life the way I want to do it. I've come to tell you today, God's saying, take that oil off the shelf and begin to watch him move and pour it through you and begin to bless you and begin to give you an oil for your everyday life. Oh, so we need a faith to die by and we need a faith to live by. We need an oil to die by and we need an oil to live by because there's people that get it twisted too the other way around. Well, I'll just come back whenever I get older and serve God. You may not get older. God might take you before you have an opportunity to come back. You better come back while you can. You can't just have a faith to die by, but you got to have one to live by. The oil has a purpose, and it's not relegated for your death only. Amen. She said, I have. All I have, rather. All I have is oil. He said, it's all you need. Why do people act like that? I know what the Word of God says, but, just remove the but. Amen. Amen. We want you to come with the faith... And with the dependence and trust on God, come in faith. Leave your butts at home, Amen. Come, come on now. I didn't come out exactly right, but you know what I meant, Amen. Hallelujah. Come in faith and quit saying but. Quit putting a butt there. Goats' butt, sheep say yes, yes, but goats' butt. I know what God said. But don't say but. Say yes. Amen. (laughs) You sheeps are sheeping today. Amen. Come on. She (laughs) She said all I have is oil. All you need is oil all you need is oil. I remember Brother Clendenin sharing a story about how that he went to a house where there was a woman that was sick and she was a family member of somebody in his church and she had a little five year old boy oh this makes me want to shout but she had a little five year old boy and, and and they had waited a day or two for him to come but Brother Clendenin came, I don't know if he was out of town or what but he came to the door and he knocked on the door and that little boy opened up that door and he said are you you the man sent from God. Oh, do you hear me today? There is an oil that we can have that we have the answer. Amen. We have the answer. And it's a it's a spot on answer. Come on. What an awesome God. What a mighty God. He said, I am the man sent from God. That little boy said, my mama's in here because she told him when that man of God gets here, everything will be all right. What she didn't realize Listen church Is what she had sitting in her house But was sitting dormant That oil is not only for your death But your life Eternal life isn't only heaven It's here right now in you We are never restricted in God Or in the riches of His grace all of our restrictions and limitations is in ourself. We restrict God. We limit God. Don't limit God. There's times that that devil's screaming, "Don't say that!" But the times whenever I walked over that and said, "I'm not going to listen to that fear. I'm not going to listen to that doubt. But I'm going to go and I'm going to pray." God always moves. He responds. People said, oh, Jesus, the only one that walked on water. Wrong. Peter walked on water too as as he began to step out in faith. Yeah, he slipped and fell. But why do we always focus on that and not the fact that he was walking for a season, for a moment? He stepped out in faith. It's awesome. As you begin to to, to begin to respond to the Lord you know respond to the Lord it's like the little girl down there in Guatemala as she was down there and she's got an eye disease at 7 years old and Jose Artemis shared this a missionary down there shared this story he said little girl had eye disease and she was sick and he was teaching on faith and on healing and she said will you pray that God heal me and he said I will and he said everything was screaming you know you better not put a false hope in her and he said God spoke to him and said just get behind her and tell her fall back in my arms you know you've got to believe in faith what does that mean he said fall back in my arms she said are you going to catch me he said do you trust me she said but what if you drop me he said all I have is my word to tell you I won't drop you so she stood there she kind of hesitated he said just do it sis God's gonna heal you I'm trying to teach you about faith and he said she just went she took the nasty plunge he meant she fell right back in his arms and he said the minute she hit his arms like boom, boom, something hit shot through him boom just like that and he said God touched her and healed her instantly that old goopiness and that old pus and all that redness and all that stuff in her eyes began to go away what the doctors could not fix, could not heal, could not remedy. Jesus healed in one little slain in the spirit moment. Come on. Come on now. It's our faith that fails, that, that fails, not His promises. He gives us way more than we could ever ask. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Why do we operate in that? Questioning. All I've got is this. All God needs you to do is act and operate in faith with what you've got. All He needs is a little lunch. All He needs is a little meal. All He needs is somebody to step out. Oh, do you believe it? It is your present moment answer. Crisis came and the oil was her answer. That anointing is your answer. What I got a broken heart. I've had a broken heart and you know what I found? When I went to the one that can fix anything. Cuz remember Jesus was a carpenter. He knows how to heal and build and restore. He binds up the broken hearted. Amen. And one prayer meeting in the presence of God, he applies a little oil and everything is all right. I'm telling you from history, from my experience, and many other testimonies in this room, it's your present moment answer. Crisis came and the oil was her answer. Crisis comes and the oil is your answer. Crisis comes to wake us up to our purposes in God. Are you hearing me? Listen, because it isn't just about what we read in the beginning. Crisis comes to wake us up to our purposes in God. This is all greater than just your life, it's about outflow. He said, borrow vessels and don't borrow a few. You've got oil, there's empty vessels, and you need an answer and a miracle. God works and He pulls everything together. Amen? He pulls everything together. My mama used to take just a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and put a little bit here and sprinkle some of this in there, and the next thing you know, out comes something delicious. But if she had just put the flour in the oven, it wouldn't have have made anything but just a bunch of dried up old Cracker flour. But she began to put flour with oil and put spices and different things and all these things in it. And she'd make bread and she'd make muffins. And my mom used to make zucchini bread. Oh, I love zucchini bread. Love zucchini bread. Love zucchini bread. And make sure it's got some frosting on it. How come you love it so much? Because it's healthy. And I'm a health nut. It's like carrot cake. That's what Patty Cabrera told me. It's healthy. God took the situation with her boys, the oil she had, the empty vessels. The fact that He has a covenant that He wants to continue on and He brought all that together. All things work together for God's purpose through those that love Him. Through those that love Him. Through those that love Him. Listen, crisis mode moves us into ministry. It moves us into process, a process that is moving towards a purpose. It was all a process. They thought it was just a crisis, but God's doing something. Amen. He's trying to teach those boys the God your father knew you can know, the God your grandfather knew you can know. It blessed me when when not when Caleb got bit by a rattlesnake, but whenever they were they were taking him to the hospital. And and Kevin said, Caitlin was saying, it's going to be all right, Caleb. You're going to live. You're going to live. God's going to touch you. And she just began to speak that. I can tell you why. Because she saw dad and mom do that. And she saw Jorge and Inez do that. She's seen a heritage of people that trusted and believed God fervently. Amen. God has something that he's doing bigger than just your crisis. Are you hearing me? Bigger than just your crisis crisis. Crisis mode will move you into the, in a process towards God's purpose in your life and for His perfect will. And our call is to see empty vessels filled and not a few. So evangelize and evangelize in abundance because there is an evangelistic flow of the oil of the Holy Ghost for the vessels. Amen. God wants to fill those empty vessels and He's going to use somebody that's got some oil. Hallelujah. That is what they were created for. Those vessels not to lay empty and dormant without useful purposes. We have a, a whole generation of empty vessels. When I went with Gael to his, 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 his choir, I said, All oh, these kids, they need Jesus like everybody. And you, my heart broke. They're empty vessels. Their answer is Jesus. Yes, yes. This is what they were created for, not to lay empty and dormant without useful purposes. And your oil wasn't meant to stay on the the shelf either. Well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Is that all you got? Amen. That's all you got. I can tell you there's more. There's more. We ask, Is there enough, Lord? Is there enough, Lord? And he's saying, do you have enough for the outpouring? It ain't a question of me. Do you have the vessels? Man. Do you have the vessels? Is it, do you, Lord, do you have enough? It ain't a question of whether that little boy's lunch was enough. We know that what he had in the natural was not going to fulfill 5,000 plus people feeding them. But when Jesus steps in, whew, everything multiplies. Amen. Amen. We want multiplication except when it comes to saving souls a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on now. We want multiplication. We want the offerings to be big. Amen. Preachers want that. They want the crowds to be big. Why? I heard a preacher one time. He said, oh, there's preachers. They love the crowds, but they don't love the people. I said, Lord, don't ever let me become a person that preaches because they love the crowd and they don't love the people. I want to love the people. I want to love the people. I don't want them to go to hell. It isn't about the multiplication of your bank account or of your successes or anything like that. It's about the multiplication of the things that only eternity, amen, says will last. Because we look at blessings and we say, oh, I got a blessing. I got a financial blessing. Yes, they are blessings, but they're really provisions. Real blessings are eternal. They're what carries over into eternity. The souls that you have won, that you have ministered to, did you know that there's a soul winner's crown? Well, Kevin does. You know why I know that? Because he preached on it. There's a soul winner's crown. There's a soul winner's crown. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But we asked the Lord, is there enough, Lord? He said, it ain't a question of whether it's enough for me. I have an abundant supply. I have a never-ending supply. I'm telling you, the anointing's on tap. (laughs) There's no question about you just turn on that spigot and it comes right out of that tap. The anointing is, is endless with God. It's eternal. It's eternal. It's eternal. Because He, you know, it's, so it's not a question of is there enough. He's saying to you and I, do you have enough to take in and consume and, and receive the outpouring? <laughs> because He pours out the blessing that you cannot contain. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's rivers of living water, and you'll never thirst again. Constantly flowing, hallelujah. It's not, I, I was sharing in the first service, and I said, you know, the Bible talks about the river because rivers flow. You know, there's a source, and you can trace it to the source, but it flows, and rivers don't stop, they just flow. You know, And I said, that is what the Bible describes as the Spirit of God. All the language in the Bible from the book of Revelation says there's a river that's flowing out of that temple. Ezekiel says it. Talks about a river. Amen. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We read in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning in Genesis, there was a a river that flowed, flowed out of the Garden of Eden. Amen. It flowed out of the Garden of Eden. So it's River, 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 river. That is the economy of God and how He moves and He flows. The only place I ever see lake is the lake of fire. The Dead Sea has no inflow. God hasn't called us to be reservoirs. He's called us to be channels. We have to... And you know, I want you to really lay hold upon this today. Lay hold upon it. That's why he said to the, to the prophet, Tell oh uh, Jehoram and Jehoshaphat, Fill this valley full of ditches. He didn't say, Dig a ditch. He said, Fill it full of ditches. Because the water that's coming will go wherever there's a place for it to go. Amen. And borrow vessels not a few. Remember this, because we're talking about empty vessels and why God wants to fill them and why He told them, go borrow vessels and watch as I begin to pour into those vessels. Vessels are always in the Bible used in worship. They are. Read the Scriptures. Always used for the purposes of God. Jesus said, fill those pots at that marriage. Fill them pots full of water and then start pouring out. It's wine. He pours into you and you pour wine out. I'm telling you, he does something in you. Amen. He turns that water into wine. And he said, I blessed you. I poured into you. Amen. But I want you to pour out to somebody else. He pours into you and I, and we feel this love. And Teresa, it's so awesome because you can come up and you just love people. You just love them. You're like, oh, you just feel that, you know. Whether it's somebody on the street or somebody in the house of God, we need to say, Lord, fill me with, listen, this this is how you need to pray. God, fill me with the water of life, and then let me dispense it out as wine. Amen. Let me dispense it out as wine, and let me make sure that I don't miss anybody. Come on, I'm sure I don't miss anybody. Amen. Because there ain't a person in here that's not worthy of you to pour out to them. Come on now, amen, pour out, pour out. Because we go, oh, I want to bless them, I want to pray with them, but I don't want to pray with them. But come on now, amen, that's a good place to say amen. Come on, we need to be people that say the whole body is worthy of the ministry of the Holy Ghost and what God has done in me, amen. We cannot be respecter of persons. God's not a respecter of person. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we need to be people that give, amen. People that see there's empty vessels and they need the Holy Ghost. They need filling. My God in heaven, they need filling. Vessels are used for worship, vessels have a purpose, and God uses vessels. And just like he filled them water pots, I told him to fill them water pots full of water and pour out, we are called to evangelize. But pay attention how the filling happened behind closed doors. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Because you can go and minister to somebody, but you haven't sown to that soul in prayer. Because see what happens is, he told him, go borrow vessels and don't borrow a few. And the boys were the ones. Read it. It's in the scripture. She said, the vessels that the boys brought. Amen. It's, it's, it's. There are people in the house of God. Amen. God has raised you up to go out and to evangelize. And God told me. He said, you are to evangelize too. I want you to. He said, but there needs to be people in that church that are raised up to fill those positions to go and to evangelize. Amen. Because when you're there, they're going to lean on you by defeat. Fault. so stay away for just a little bit and let me use somebody and i said lord yes i will yes i will yes I, will. I don't go a lot of times to the bible study not because i don't think brother william is an outstanding bible teacher but i want him to be used by god without me being there a man to interject because by default that's what i do But I want him to be used by God. I want him to be free. I don't go to the street ministry hardly ever. I have. But I don't go because God's trying to raise up a generation. Because there was a time when I was going to the prison and I didn't have Robert Frius looking over my shoulder. I didn't have him correcting me. I didn't have him telling me how to do it. He said, you go in there. You're in charge. You preach. You minister. You deal with everything. And I learned how to preach the gospel. I learned how to minister to people. I learned how to cast out devils. I learned how to discern the crowd. I learned by doing Go. But I also learned you can't go into that meeting or wherever you're going and think you're going to win anybody when you haven't sown into them in prayer. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? The Bible says, and I'm only reading this because I feel like that it warrants it. The, the prophet said, When you are come in, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, That she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil was stayed. Listen. Listen. We're called to evangelize. But pay attention how the filling happens behind closed doors. When you get down and you say, God, I know my cousin is running amok right now. And you know it was just a month or two or three ago that that was me. Don't be judgmental. Be compassionate. God picked your carcass up off of the scrap heap. So give somebody else that same courtesy and compassion and love and grace. Amen. Don't get so spiritual and go over, you know what, thank God I'm not like you. You Pharisee. Amen. You need to get right with God. Come on. Amen. Show compassion because people that are lost and undone, you've got one audience with them. You've got one shot with them. You've got an opportunity and when you pray, you need to make sure you seize it and, and make sure that they know that there's hope. Amen. Not condemnation and judgment. And we do have to tell people the truth. I'm not saying that we don't, but there's a lot, of many experiences that I have found that as you begin to love people and show them Christ they will come because they already know how ugly the world is how judgmental the world is and the world is judgmental too they say we're judgmental they're judgmental but you and I gotta know Jesus didn't come to judge right now we're in a time of grace and mercy so pour it out unto the body pour it out unto empty vessels Get on your knees and say, "God, deal with that cousin. God show them that they're in darkness. Show them, let them be so sick of the life that they're living. Let them come up empty. Let them see that it's a-going nowhere. It's just waste. Lord, let them, when they get drunk, be so sick. Let them be so sick at their stomach. God, let them, when they've been with that man or that woman, whoever it is, let them say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I want to love somebody and them love me back. I'm tired of one-night stands. Amen. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm tired of darkness. I'm tired of emptiness. I'm tired of sorrow and pain and trouble. I'm tired of anxiety. I'm tired of depression. I'm going to live for Jesus. So pray for them in that secret place. In that secret place. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing end time events happen. And we need to realize and know what's going on. But church, if there's anything we need to know, it's that time is short. So let's thrust in the sickle. Let's operate and act and evangelize and win them while we can. Because the night's coming when no man shall be able to work. So, get in that prayer closet. That brother that's not serving God, you cry out to God for them. Don't get down there and do a lay me down to sleep mess. Oh, Pastor, come on. Oh, Lord, I hope you save them. Get a hold of them. And, Lord, that job, I need that promotion. If you are more Driven by the things of materialism in your prayer, and you don't spend near the time on souls and weeping, you're carnal. I'm not saying you're not saved, I'm saying you're carnal. Because when the trump of God sounds and we're caught up out of here, or God takes you out of here by the way of a grave, all of your stuff is still going to be here. So all the money that people store up, you know what? I've preached many a funeral. I've preached funerals for millionaires. And guess how much they left, all of it. It sat in the bank. Millions of dollars sat in the bank, and here come the vultures from the family that never served God, and when they could (laughs) have... Oh, yeah. When they could have put it into the kingdom of God they held on to it and now some old rotten nephew or niece got it when it could have been used for the kingdom of we could have sent around the world let that sink and marinate on that for just a second i've learned something you are not taking it with you amen I'm not saying be foolish. I'm not saying that you don't, you know, we don't have retirements and we don't have things. I'm not saying that. But what I'm telling you is that when we make that our focus, amen, I'm watching that stock market because my retirement account dropped. Let me just tell you, you better get it out of there before there ain't nothing left. Amen. Amen. When old Charlie Munger and, 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 and who's the other guy, Warren Buffett, say, well, we all just need to live a little more on less. We're going to have to learn to live on less now. I thought, well, you're not going to live on less. We're going to live on less. You know? But when they're telling you that things are getting bad, you better listen. Because they're who you call the secular prophets. And that's not my message today. That was all free. We are called to evangelize and pay attention that the filling happens behind closed doors. The moves, uh, uh, this actually moves me because nobody cares about the empty vessels of the world except the believer that God has put upon their heart a compassion for it. Nobody has use or values the empty vessels. I saw a video just last night. It's just something that popped up. As I was doing my alarm, and and something came up, like a YouTube video or something. And here's a man out there, and he's watching this guy on the street. He's totally brains gone, fried, took a trip and never came back. He's out there with a skirt on, a man, with a black shirt on. And he's out there, and he's going like this. Running out there in the street. Cars are going, he's going back over there. And he goes, you see that right there? This is not a Christian man. He chose that. That is basically, basically like the parasites of the world. We shouldn't spend a nickel on these people. They chose that. Well, they did choose a lot of things in their life. But I can tell you the devil put a hook in that jaw and he bound them up. But their souls too, lost and undone without Jesus. And if God can save and deliver a Belshazzar who lost his mind, then he cares about a homeless person that has lost their mind. And you may not be able to go over and lay hands on them because they'll flip out. But I have drove by a man one time and the Lord told me, shout out to him. God can deliver you. God can deliver you. Cry out to Jesus. He's over there and he's going... And I said, Yeah, I said, You, sir, you cry out to Jesus. He loves you. And he's, ah. I said, Yeah, that devil is, is, is scared. He's tormented in there, but he's hearing. I said, Devil, you take your hands off of his mind. And he looked at me and I said, Sir, you, God wants to heal your mind. He just looked, God gave him a window, that word of faith. It's an empty vessel. Not a piece of trash. Not unworthy of God's love. He has value. He has value. Did you not have value? Did God not value you enough to send somebody to minister to you? Listen. Such were some of us. Just throw Just throw But God didn't throw the clay away. He didn't throw the clay away. We need to bring those empty vessels into the secret place and pour. I just challenge you. Somebody that's lost. Begin to call their name out every day. Say, Lord, I'm going to take 15 minutes a day and I'm going to call out that person's name. One by one. One by one. Because you never know. I believe that at some point Jesus saw Zacchaeus before he ever climbed up that tree. He knew something about Jesus. Oh, blind Bartimaeus knew something about Jesus. And when the church, the disciples say, Shut your mouth, there was something down deep within him. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Empty vessels that need to be poured into. Oh, but pastor, I just want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know why God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost? Not so you can come up here and and I love to dance and shout and praise God. Amen. Then go back to your seat. Go back to your life. Come back next Sunday. Let's shout again. No. He filled you with that Holy Ghost so you can pull up to a Home Depot And see a girl selling candy bars. And say. Honey anybody ever told you about Jesus? Oh my God. Anybody ever tell you about Jesus? He's poor, And and I can tell you. Before we ever got to that opportunity. There's already a heart cry that says God today. If I cross paths with somebody. I don't even know their name yet. But let me speak life into them. And they said. You know, I've been thinking about that. We may never see, oh, Sonia again. I believe that was her name, wasn't it? Sonia again. But it was just a seed that was dropped. Somebody else will water it, and God will bring the increase. But it's our responsibility. We've got that oil. Pull it down. Pull it down. Amen. He didn't say pour it on you. That is God. (laughs) He he, he didn't say, that's what we do. I want God to bless me, Lord. Bless me, bless me. I'm not leaving here unless I feel your presence. Let me tell you what happened to me one time. I prayed for a while. Nothing. Flattered in a biscuit. Here I am. I crawled over there and God said, why don't you change your prayer? You start praying for so and so. I don't remember who it was. Begin to pray. <sighs> Something come up. I just felt that. Oh, hallelujah. I said, Lord, oh God, they're lost without you. He said, You're getting it. You're getting it. Yeah. The blessing was while you were praying and pouring into somebody else in the secret place. Are you all hearing what I'm saying today? He didn't say, Pour the oil on you, he said, Begin to pour it into the empty vessels. So our call today is to evangelize the world. Well, let's start the evangelism on our knees, crying out to God that he would deal with their heart. Because when you don't have the opportunity to talk to them or you haven't got to that place yet, God's already got the wheels in motion. and He's preparing them for that moment whenever you do. I got saved at 17. I'm closing. I got saved at 17. Would you would you go get the, he didn't throw the clay away prepared for me. I'm going to sing it as a special as a close. I got saved at 17. And I had worked with a man, I never met him, but he was a Pentecostal Christian. He worked at another store. I worked at a store and we we were Worked at the same company, but different locations. And he would talk to me about God. I worked at Hardee's before that, which was like our Carl's Jr. back in Missouri. And there was a lady I worked with. Her name was Darlene. Darlene. And she'd sit there and she'd talk to me about God. We'd sit on break and she'd say, what are you doing with your life? I said, well, I'm working at Hardee's right now, you know. She said, no. She said, what about if something were to happen to you and you were to die, where would you go? Are you serving the Lord? And I said, well, I go to church. She said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Do you know God? And I said, well, I know about God, and I believe that, you know, I was baptized when I was about seven. She said, well, what are you doing now? You know, we get all spiritual, you know, when we're not right with God. I said, well, I'm searching I said, you know, there's somebody here. I said, you know, Joe, I said, he's a Jehovah's Witness. She said, hold on here. That's his problem, not yours. (laughs) She said, God's trying to introduce you to Jesus, and he's your Savior, Jonathan. So it was Darlene. It was the man I worked with in high school from another company. It was these three Pentecostal girls that I went to, to school with. They were just one right after the other. I even had a friend. She wasn't really right with God, and she got me in a lot of trouble. But she talked to me about God. So it was, God will even use the people that, you know, that shouldn't be there, but he'll use them. (laughs) Then I started washing cars after I graduated high school. Here I am washing cars, got my own business. I worked for a, a little car lot, Frank and Judy Justice. That was their names, Frank and Judy Justice. And they would talk to me about God. I'd sit there and just cry. They were Holy Ghost-filled people. And one day, Judy Justice came out, and she said, John, she said, we want to invite you to church. Would you come with us if we invited you? Well, how could you say no to somebody that's so sweet like that? I said, yes, I'll go. Um, when? She said, Tonight. I said, I'll be there, time and place. She told me, went to church, and that started the beginning of my way towards God, one step after another. I went to church, went to church, got out for a while, got crisis, went back. A couple weeks later, going back to, oh, John, come on, don't act like you ain't been there. And then one day, God said, are you ready to make a decision? It's time. I was done, and God was ready. And I was ready. And I fell in that altar. (laughs) And I got born again. I didn't sign a card. I didn't shake a preacher's hand. I didn't have an assent in my mind. But I got born again. Because I got down there in that altar and I said, Lord, I'm lonely. I'm empty. I can't do this anymore. Here I am. I have no friends. I have no life. I have nothing. But Lord, they told me you loved me. And that you would change my life. And so here I am. And I begin to pray. And God began to minister to me. And that night, that that morning, I gave my heart and life to Jesus at that altar. And I got up from that place. And I knew something had happened to me. I wasn't the same. I went to a revival meeting. And God filled me, baptized me in the Holy Ghost. I was the youngest person there. It was only about 35 people in that little church. But that host pastor came down. My pastor was preaching the revival. That host pastor came down. I'm weeping. I'm crying. This is about a month after I got saved. Snot running down my lip into my mouth. Running down, you know, when you got strings of snot. I'm just sitting there and I'm weeping and I'm crying. Yeah. And that preacher came over and I thought, for just a second, I thought, oh, I need to get a Kleenex, you know. I need a Kleenex. He came right up. He said, you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? His name was Brother Lyons. I said, yes. He took his thumb and he wiped that snot right off my nose and slapped me on the head. I fell back in that pew speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God hit me. I fell back in that pew. I'm praying in tongues. Every woman in there and every man in there was over 60, I promise you. And I got up from there shouting and praising God. I hugged every one of them. I didn't even know them. I don't even know who you are, but I'm just praying in tongues. I'm hugging them, you know. And just they're squeezing Jesus out of me, amen. The oil's just squeezing because somebody poured into me. I always say I got the Holy Ghost when somebody knocked the snot out of me. Amen. But He'll do it for you if you'll let Him. Almighty God. Father, this morning, as we come to close, I just pray that You'll draw each and every person and that for those that are here today, that, Lord, feel absolutely of no value I am asking you today, God, to begin to give them a faith and give them, Lord, a faith that you value who they are. And this morning, God, please, please hear me. Please hear me. This morning as they come down here, I am asking you to touch them, Father God, and pour oil into them. Pour that oil into their heart and their life pour it into them father god draw them by your spirit today and pour that oil into them because there's people that feel like they are absolutely worthless lord and they have no value but the devil is a liar and god i'm praying right now begin to pour oil into these people today those that come to this altar pour oil into their lives right now god pour fresh oil into them right now god and bless them in their life and God let us be Lord so touched by you that we get the message today It's we're supposed to pour into people and then as you poured into us we're to pour out to everybody that we come in contact with let us be Lord filled and let us dispense what you filled us with Lord and that's your Holy Ghost come today Lord I pray come in thy strength and thy power come in thy blessing God come today Lord come Come.